Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Select to Bet and as ever I'm joined by Greg and we're back for another look ahead to this week's best betting in Scotland. How's it going Greg? Yeah, good thanks. Just watching Aberdeen finish 1-1 tonight. Um, the only Scottish club to pay many <laughs> points as usual. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not been a good week, has it? It's really not. Celtic won all... Five minutes to go, I think they scored a winner, ruled offside, then heartachingly on with a, yeah. a last minute header yeah. from, from Lazio. A, a really disappointing result that for Celtic, yeah. especially having thought they'd gone 2 1 up. Absolutely. And Rangers not feeling any better, 2 1 away in Cyprus, I think it was. So, yeah. a, poor week, a poor night all round. Aberdeen will be disappointed as well, to be fair. They really needed to win that game if they've got any aspirations of getting through to the, to the knockout stages. Yeah. But they have to settle for a, a one-all draw. At least they've got a point on the board. Exactly. Um, yeah, we'll get into the situation at uh, Rangers shortly. Obviously, they are searching for a new manager. Uh, but we've got plenty to look forward to this weekend, although it is quite a tricky card to find any kind of value. It is. I'll, I'll be honest, it's probably the worst card I've seen this season. <laughs> And I'm not just saying that. I know some weeks are good cards, some weeks are bad cards, but this weekend's card, really, really tough. Looking through the Premiership through the six games, almost impossible to fight. Nothing really jumps out. And when you start trying to get too inventive, that's when you start picking losers. So I don't think there will be much from the Premiership this weekend in Scotland. The lower leagues are a little bit better, but yeah. it is a really, really tricky card in the in the top flight. Yeah, we'll do our best. I mean, sometimes when we talk games through, we, we come up with a few bits and pieces. So I, I think there's a few angles. Uh, we've got the Edinburgh Derby to look forward to. We've got St Mirren hosting Rangers, which should be really interesting come Sunday. We've got a kind of, I was going to say, an inform Aberdeen. That's now, what, five without defeat? Uh, four without defeat? Yeah. Um, so they're looking not too bad. Um, but we'll kick things off at Celtic Park. Uh, they are one to six at home to Kilmarnock. As you say, a devastating night for them last night with that late, late, late defeat uh, at Lazio, uh, which was pretty much what Celtic did to Motherwell last Saturday. <laughs> it really was. Uh, I saw the uh, video clips last Saturday. Motherwell getting that, what, 95th minute equaliser, thinking they've got a point. But true champions don't give up. And as true, true champions often do, they'll grab a, a last kick of the game winner, which they did. And coincided with Rangers losing at home to Aberdeen. Uh, a yeah. very, very good weekend for Celtic and for St Mirren, to be fair. Yeah, the, yeah. sitting pretty in second. Not much of a title race at the moment. And back at home, I would say Celtic this season haven't really been that impressive, have they? They've got the job done. They were decent against Livingston a few weeks ago, despite playing against 10 men. They weren't that convincing at all last week at Motherwell. And it was always going to be a tough game at Motherwell. It really was a bit of fortune in the end to get that 97th minute winner. But back at home, I think all Celtic fans will be expecting a really comfortable day at the office. But Kilmarnock will make it very difficult. They'll sit tight, they'll be deep, they'll try and frustrate Celtic. And uh, just to be sort of been playing this season, it's not the sort of game I'd be expecting Celtic to come out and win this match 4 or 5 0. I think Celtic will do enough and get the job done. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Brendan Rogers rings any changes, obviously, off the back of what was quite a tough night uh, in the Champions League. Um, I think he might make a few changes. 
just having a wee look at Kilmarnock, um, since they knocked Celtic out of the cup, <laughs> they have failed to win six games, three draws, three defeats. Um, and I guess from a Celtic point of view, I, I know players don't necessarily look at it this, this way, but there's maybe a wee measure of revenge required against Kilmarnock on Saturday for Celtic. Yeah, I, th- I think there will be due the fans a, a really comprehensive win when mm. all the players click and it's a game they win very comfortably. I just don't see that happening. I think this has got the look of a comfortable, easy 2-0 yeah. to Celtic. Kilmarnock defensively aren't too bad. They'll make it very difficult. There'll be 10 men behind the ball at all times. Won't have much of the ball themselves. So it's really about how creative Celtic can be and open yeah. Kilmarnock up. And that's the case in a lot of their games this season, Celtic. Yes, yeah, so I kind of... Sorry, I was going to say that leads me into the kind of potential corner angle. Celtic have hit 32 corners in the three home games so far, so averaging over 10 per game. They've hit 15 first-half corners in those three home games, and they're 28 to 21 to get four in the first half on Saturday. Yeah, it's a it's a market I like a lot, especially for Celtic. It hasn't happened for them on the road at Livingston and Motherwell, but back at Celtic Park big pitch, you would expect them to hit at least four. And I think that is probably the only angle in this match. Mm-hmm. That alongside potentially Kilmarnock to rack up a couple of cards. I think some of the matches, there's a real disparity between over 1.5 cards in some of the games. For example, Kilmarnock are 4-9 to nine to get two cards at Celtic Park on, on Saturday, which mm-hmm. I think they'll do. Whereas St Johnston are 2-9 to nine to get two cards at Aberdeen. <laughs> So I think 49-2-5 5 for any side playing against Ginger or Celtic to get two cards, I think it's always worth backing. Yeah, Matthew McDermott is the referee. Did we discuss him last week? No, we discussed our friend, Mr Granger. That's who right. I, who yeah. I have to say... Who was he? He, he was horrible. And I'm not just saying this. I, I don't like giving referees that much criticism, but he was terrible, really, really bad. And that's not just my opinion. That was a, a universal opinion from anyone who was at the game. Livingston and St. Johnson fans, he just had a really, really poor match. Is he what to watch? Yeah, he is. He um, sent off sent off uh, Liam Gordon. Went to, well, went to VAR. He's looked at it four or five times, sent him off, and it's been rescinded this week. So... A bit embarrassing, really, for the officials in, in that respect. And it just goes to show still a lot of problems with VAR. It's, it's, it's still not working. Yeah, I'm just having a quick check to see if he's on Premiership duty this weekend. But I don't I'll, see I'd be stunned if he was. <laughs> I wouldn't, the way things go in Scottish football, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, in terms of cards for Kilmarnock, that might be an angle. Uh, Matthew McDermott, the referee there, he has brandished 14 yellows in his three games, so he's averaging over four and a half per game, which, yeah, it's not it's not the worst average, is it? No, it's not, but I must say, I, I, I'm really liking that 20-21, to 21, just a shade below evens for four Celtic first half corners at home. You've, you've got a fan to hit that. Yeah, that might be the best angle. Um, we've got the Hearts v Hibs Edinburgh derby, which is unusually a three o'clock kick-off. It was the last Saturday. time that was played at three o'clock on a Saturday. Ah, don't get me started on the team <laughs> situation. Scottish football, it's an absolute shambles. Can you imagine the North London derby not being on television or the, no. the Merseyside derby not being on television? It's just an absolute shambles. But anyway, that's, that's a different <laughs> podcast. Uh, both teams go into this and they've had 
pretty much a mixed bag of a season. Both of them haven't they? Hibs have already replaced their manager. Nick Montgomery is in there now. Uh, drew nil nil last week with Indy. I didn't think we'd see a nil nil draw featuring Hibs all season. Well, no, I, th- I think Hibs hit fourteen corners last week. I think Nick Montgomery was flabbergasted as to how they've come away from that match with just one point. Mm-hmm. But well done to Dundee. We'd say they try and make it difficult. They, they did. They dug in deep and a really good point for them. But yeah, that was a disappointing result for Hibs. It's kind of just a standard Hibs result, isn't it? We speak <laughs> about not backing Hibs at odds on, and we we tend not to. But yeah. I think given the way they played under Nick Montgomery recently, I think yeah, yeah. it's worthwhile backing Hibs at four to five and nine teams out of ten. Based on the stats and the performance from him, so they would get the three points. Yeah, we get sucked but, in a wee bit. Yeah, we did. And they come into this, like you say, decent enough form for, for Nick Montgomery. Two wins, two draws. Hearts are for a really good week. Mm-hmm. Really good week for the manager there. I think Stephen Naismith will be delighted to get a, an away win and a clean sheet. And obviously, they beat Kilmarnock in the Cup. I just feel that he's all always only two matches away from a crisis, Stephen Naismith, in yeah. terms of the Hearts fans getting on his back. Yeah. And if they lose this match on Saturday, you can very much expect there'll be meltdown on social media from Hearts fans wanting him out. Yeah. And that's no, that's not a nice culture to be in at Hearts. It can probably be quite toxic. It's a massive game for both sides. Only two points between them. Hibstow's record in this fixture away from home is dire. I think they've only won twice in the last 17 matches at Tynecastle. It's not a place they enjoy going to. No. Hearts are in decent form. 5-4 to four for Hearts, 23-10 for Hibs. You really can't pick anything here with any confidence. No, and I think one of the things that's going to put me off Hearts at that price is, and this really surprised me, is they've only scored five goals this season. Lauren Shankland has gone seven games without a goal. Yes, I've seen that, yeah. Which is just incredible because he started the season really well uh, in the European games as well. He's eleven to ten to score, which, given that he's gone so many games without a goal, he's obviously kind of gone forever. And he's obviously on penalties as well. And who's the referee? Willie Collum. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Uh, so I think that's as good a bet as any. Well, this match has been treated like an old firm game. In yeah, terms it does of get refereed that way. So well. six point five cards. So seven cars in the game is 11 to 10. Jeez. It is very much set up. Yeah. Maybe even higher than an old firm game. Possibly. And there's 12 players, six to five or shorter, to get booked in the market. Is, is your favourite uh, Celtic Rangers angle a goer here with fewer cars in the first half? Yeah, I'm something I'm going to look at and share in the channel. But yeah. I think the, the fact that they set the lineup for this game so high, seven cars is a lot. There's lots of candidates on both sides, especially for Hibs. Mm-hmm. But Willie Collum, he's starting to mellow in his old age. Does, I'm, yeah. I'm really hoping he keeps his cards in his pocket in the first half. But once he shows one card, then <laughs> he'll tend to start tumbling. So yeah. there's an angle definitely here for me in this game on the on the, the cards under front. And that's not often we do unders, but when the line set so high, I think first half unders is, 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 is an option. Mm-hmm. Hebb's games have been leading the goals this year. For and against last week was a real surprise that it was it finished nil nil. Yeah. But to your point, Hearts not scoring many goals this season. I did look at goals for this game, seventeen to twenty over two point five, and even that's a terrible price. Yes. This is a this is a match. I've got a pretty good memory. Yeah, it's uh, not a game that 
there's lots not, of goals there's in. There's not lots of goals in there. There's no. only one nils and two yeah. nils and one alls. But from memory, we usually get evens and above for mm-hmm. over 2.5 goals in the Edinburgh Derby. And 17 to 20, I think, is quite insulting. So that's removed that element for me in terms of goals. So there is something from the match that I'll get, but it's something I'll share in the channel and have a little bit more thought around. Yeah, the penalty is 2-1 to one at Bet365 for a penalty to be awarded a red card is 11-4 and I don't think this feature is short of red cards over the history uh, of the game being played either um, and I just I guess the, the Willie Column factor makes that potential uh, a wee bit more attractive as well but again, just a pity that it's not on TV for the rest of the It the really is, it enjoy. should be half past 12 on Saturday or Sunday that's yeah. when it should be kicking off yeah. Which is absolutely, shame. absolutely. Uh, let's have a look at Dundee v Ross County. Dundee, I'm sure if you if you told Dundee fans that seven games in they, they would only lose or lost two games, they'd have been absolutely delighted with that. Especially with those defeats coming against Celtic and a St Mirren side who have been terrific. But four draws means that they've only got seven points, and they'll maybe feel that they they should be better off than that potentially. It's quite interesting the the league at the moment down yeah. here is so tight. And it's actually worked out exactly how we said it would so far. Uh, St. Johnston bottom with three points, but you've then got four teams on seven points. Mm-hmm. And if I was to ask you back in July, what would the bottom five teams be? Yeah, you'd you probably be say off, you? St. Johnston, Ross County, Limerick, and Dundee. That, yeah. that would probably be your gut feel on who the bottom five teams would be. Mm-hmm. So a, a long, long way to go, but. It's very interesting they're separated by so few points. And despite St. Johnson's woes, they're only four points off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sixth. So a long way to go. There's hope for them. And I'm, lo- I'm I, loving I, your optimism there. Well, as I said last week, <laughs> I said last week, Ross County are, are a little bit of a poor run. Kilmarnock are on a poor run. Livingston haven't won for weeks now. And Dundee are drawing matches. So whilst that is all happening, there's, there's hope in Perth. Yeah. Nobody's getting away from you, are they? <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, so two of those teams meet uh, at Dens Park. It's Ross County that are the visitors. Ross County five to two, and I kind of was looking at the table and thinking, how are Ross County second bottom of the table? Because we've spoke so highly about Ross County, but um, you know they're one of those teams that have only picked up seven points. Yeah, they have really good start, but a really bad week against Aberdeen. Then losing to Hearts, mm. and I did see last weekend that they've got a terrible record against Hearts in the league. Uh, another three points for Hearts in that in that fixture. In terms of firepower, we talk about Ross County having goals in their squad and in their team. Dundee, you have to say do as well. I, I did say Dundee have done probably what you'd expect them to do after seven games, beyond kind of seven or eight points so far. They're the home side in this match, 11 to 10, I think 5 to 2 for Ross County. Just a really difficult game to call this one. Uh, and Ross County, given the form that they're in, I, I don't think you could be back in Ross County with any confidence either. Yeah. So for me, unfortunately, I think this match is best left alone for me, I think. There's a draw written all over it. Yeah, yeah. Hard to a, bit like, a bit like Comanix game we sent in last week. I think we can call those two apart and that ended up one all. Yeah, and I think the next one that we're going to look at might be similar. Livingston against Motherwell. Uh, Motherwell now slipped down to fifth, having been third and there or thereabouts for the most part of the start of the season. Uh, now down to fifth, Hearts have overtaken them. Um, and I guess that top of the table's taken on a wee bit more of a familiar look, apart from St Mirren, obviously. <laughs> doing fantastic. Um, Livy, another draw for them last week at St Johnson, Greg. 
Yeah, so I was at the game last week in Perth. Livian, by all accounts, probably deserved a draw. I think we chucked away a goal, though, in terms of the penalty mm. that Liam Gordon gave away, then went down to 10 men. But draw was probably a fair result. Tell you what, they're a big, strong team, Livingston. Yeah. They've got some absolute monsters in their team. Units. Monsters. Oh, don't give away any set pieces. They've got three or four guys, six foot three, six foot four. Really strong team. Don't lose by many Livingston. But I would say they're probably lacking up front, very similar to St Johnston, and that's why these two teams, St Johnston and Livingston, I think will finish in the bottom two. Just not enough of a goal threat on either side. They're at home for this one, 9-5, Motherwell 13-8. to eight. Motherwell, nothing like the side they are at home, and that's probably why the bookies can't separate these two. Um, <laughs> the draw's probably the favourite in this match. <laughs> yeah, and I think... After last weekend, I've seen a few Motherwell fans, you know, just almost bemoaning the fact that they haven't and it was incredibly difficult to replace Kevin Van Veen for them. It was always going to be a difficult season for Motherwell after him leaving. 30-plus goals. I think they've got to be very impressed and very pleased to where they're at. Mm -hmm. To be sitting in fifth, 10 points, only, what, three points off third, and they're already seven points clear of bottom place. So it's been one of those seasons so far where every single side can go, do you know what, probably haven't done that well. I think with the exception of St Mirren, every club in that division is probably going, yeah, we yeah. could have done better. Yeah, and that, that's what yeah. 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 yeah, certainly performance-wise, yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, so yeah, no bet in this one. So, no, no bet in this one. No. Okay. Uh, one game we do have a bet in is Aberdeen at home at St Johnson, unfortunately for you, Greg. Uh, that's at three o'clock up at Pitodry, and I believe that you're going to be gracing the game with your presence. Yeah, I'm dreading it already, to be honest with you. I can just see myself <laughs> singing the away at half time, 2 0 down, just going, well, what am I doing here? So long trek back to Glasgow after that, but saying that will probably stay in Perth and have a night out. But two weeks ago, Barry Robson was under a fair amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. But since then, they had a good performance in Europe, in Germany. They've knocked Ross County at the Cup. They've beaten Ross County 4-0 in the league. And last week, I have to say, very unexpected that away win. But well-deserved. Uh, very well-deserved. Ah, you know, I don't think it was a backs, yeah, it wasn't a backs-to-the-wall performance at all. It wasn't a backs-to-the-wall at all. They got eight corners. We were on over 3.5 at 13-8. to Over 7.5 must have been about 20-1. to at least 20-1 to one on the Aberdeen console. More than anyone who'd done a corners ladder last week in that match. Yeah. They had European action to contend with tonight. Uh, I guess what you could say is a, a disappointing one all draw in the end. But that really shouldn't stop them from picking up another three points on Sunday and inflicting what would be a, a 50 feet and eight for St. Johnston. We were slightly better last weekend against Livingston, but still really lacking in the final third of the pitch and defensively just one clean sheet this season and amazingly that was at Celtic Park <laughs> I really can't see us keeping Aberdeen at bay they're scoring goals in very good form a complete contrast to where they were two weeks ago Yeah. and whilst I don't think we'll get hammered I think Aberdeen have got enough attacking threat to score twice and if they score twice Aberdeen win this game Yeah. How's your record up there? Decent, actually. We've actually had some decent results mm. in Aberdeen over the years. A lot better than our home record against Aberdeen. Um, I've seen this one up there quite a few times. But I don't see that happening on on Sunday. We need to pick up points against our fellow 
bottom six friends. And although Aberdeen have had a really poor start to the season, they're starting to motor on now and yeah. they'll push into that top six yeah, probably this weekend. Probably this weekend, to be fair. You'd expect them to be finishing top four, wouldn't you? I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, it's very, very early in the season. They've had a poor start, but these are the sort of games where the Aberdeen faithful will be fully expecting three points, and yeah. I guess why not? But European football tonight, I don't think that have too much of an impact, especially them being at home. But defensively, though, we've only kept one clean sheet, and we just don't look enough of an attacking threat. So okay. yeah, Aberdeen to win, and two goals in the match pays twenty to twenty-three. Yeah. Or 10-11, sorry. 10-11. Yeah. Okay, last but not least in the Premiership, uh, match of the weekend, I guess it's second at home to third at St Mirren against Rangers. And I think it's fair to say we're in full-blown crisis mode at Ibrox. Oh, it's a disaster, isn't it? <laughs> Absolute disaster. Even tonight, to go to um, Cyprus and lose 2-1, especially after having such a good result last week against Betis. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened to them against Aberdeen. I didn't see the game, but it was no surprise that was the last draw, and that was yeah. the final nail in Michael Beale's coffin. I've got no idea who they're going to bring in. Well, let no. me tell you. Let me tell you some names. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, Frank Lampard is two to one. Pascal Janssen, the AZ Alkmaar uh, gaffer, is four to one. Although he said uh, he's pretty much ruled himself out. Apparently, former player Kevin Muscat, six to one. Stephen Davis was 10-1, that was before... The, sorry. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's on that list. These these prices were before he got beat in Cyprus tonight, <laughs> so I don't know what price is. Uh, Derek McInnes, uh, Kamala manager, is 18-1, and Graham Potter, former Brighton and Chelsea gaffer, is 20-1. So, I don't know. I, you I, see I, you I, can't rush these things, but they better <laughs> get somebody in quick, because yeah. they're, they're a laughing stock at the moment, Rangers. An absolute laughing stock way behind Celtic in the league already and we're only just into October. What's that? Seven point gap. Yeah, could, could, could be ten by the time. Yeah, when you when you factor in Celtic's goal difference, they're essentially eight points clear of Rangers and we're seven games in. Yeah. Which is remarkable really. So much for getting closer. And Celtic haven't even been playing that well as well, which makes it even more ridiculous how far behind they are. But they couldn't really have asked for a tougher game other than Celtic away I would say. Um, St Mirren having a great season very difficult to beat not yeah. conceding many goals the one thing that puts me off St Mirren here that they're, they're not going to have a better chance to beat Rangers mm. at home their home record against Rangers is really poor Yeah, I think it's something like three wins in 23 home games which, yeah, is, which is which is dire and Rangers 19, or 9-10 9-20 sorry just a shade below 1-2 to, to win this match it wouldn't be any surprise at all if Rangers go there and win. But <laughs> Are you sure? I think it would. <laughs> I think for me, just Sitman's record in this fixture, there's, I wouldn't say there's there's pressure on them, but I think a lot of fans will be expecting a performance from Sitman here and to get something from the game. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. That may, that may lie heavily on St Mirren. This um, is not a free hit for St Mirren. Absolutely not. They're yeah. second. They're three points ahead of Rangers. They should really be going out here and really looking to inflict another defeat on Rangers. I know they'll do that anyway, but 30-2 for St Mirren, I think you said they're now into 6-1, which is shorter than what you'd normally expect them to be in this fixture. Rangers normally would be 1-3, for this game, and you're getting just a shade below 1-2. Yeah, I think I think a lot of punters will be really tempted by that 6-1. to 
I mean, it feels like the bet that you've got to have. In this yeah, game. I think so. Absolutely. I don't think um, anyone's money should be going to Rangers. I guess what I would say, though, is if Rangers won this, it wouldn't be that much of a surprise. But it's 6-1 to one for St Mirren. Definitely a value bet. And that 6-1 to one might even be clipped a little bit more. I was, going to, I was going to say that unless something dramatic happens at Ibrox in terms of an appointment between now and then, then yeah, until they bring somebody else in, very yeah. vulnerable Rangers, very very vulnerable, and we'll find yeah. out on Sunday how vulnerable they are. Yeah, and I, yeah, I just think you've got to have a, a wee interest in something at six to one, just given how poor Rangers were at the weekend, how poor they were when you thought you might have got a response off them tonight in Cyprus. Um, confidence must just be absolutely shattered. I don't think there's yeah. any. It's, it's, it's all gone. <laughs> yeah, and when I think when you lose that in football, that's very, very difficult to recover from. Mm. And factor in the fact that St Mirren have started so well, so hard to beat, and Stephen Robinson's got them really organised. And again, for me, quite a um, quite a good team to watch at times, but also quite a, a strong physical team as well at times. So I think they've got a lot going for them, St Mirren. Um, yeah. And no reason, no reason why they can't get a result against a, a Rangers side who are just absolutely bereft of confidence and, and dare I say, quality at the moment. Definitely, and St Mirren will battle hard in this match. Really competitive. I'm looking forward to it. Really, I'm looking forward to it. And I really do hope St Mirren get a result just to get things a bit interesting at the top. It's yeah. nice to see someone else splitting the, the top two teams. Indeed. And at the moment, it's it's St Mirren sitting there. Yeah. OK, let's have a look at the Championship. Um, interestingly, both in the Championship and League One, the top two in each division um, meet each other this weekend. So the big game uh, in the second tier is Wraith Rovers v Dundee United. Dundee United are still unbeaten. They've made the best start to the season. They've won five and drawn two. Wraith, having lost two weeks ago, got back into the groove last week with a win at Ayrn. It sets things up quite nicely um, for the game on Saturday. It really does. It's going to be a cracking match. I think it's going to be a full house. I know Ray Throwers have been pushing that. It's probably 50-50 in terms of ticket sales split. So there's going to be over 3,000 United fans here on on Saturday. The only I guess, blotch on the report card for Wraith was that 1-0 defeat at Airdrie. And that, that sees them a point behind United in this game. United last week running riot against... Uh, defenceless Queen's Park side <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 17 goals in four games now for them they've conceded yeah, Queen's Park uh, 4-1 win and that was, out, that was without Louis Moult as well and we talked a lot about that game last week and a real disappointment from my perspective that I didn't put up United to score three goals at 2-1 I haven't spoke about it a lot but mm-hmm. left it with Moult being out injured so they come into this in great shape as as the Wraith and Looking at the prices here, United's away form has been really good this season. They've played three matches, they've won three, four nil, three nil, and one nil. Yet to concede. I just think for me, on the price for United to win at eleven to eight, I, th- I think it's a decent price. It's first v second. There's only a point between them. United can, can go three, four points clear here with a win. A scoring goes away from home. Without a doubt, their biggest challenge of the season so far, United. And this will really give us a measure of where they are, United, in terms yeah. of going up as champions and how well they'll go up. I don't think if they, if they lose this match, I don't think they'll have much of an outcome come May. But to have a four-point lead this early in the season is a, a decent lead to have. There'll be a big fall in through from Dundee. And I just think, for me, 
indecent formulated 11 to 8. I just think they've got probably some more match winners on that side than Wraith do. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, Wraith have had a, had, a, had a very good season so far, been very, very impressive. I just think that United's quality can show here. And given the prices we're getting of 11 to 8 to win and 13 to 10 to score two goals, United, I, I think they're worth taking on. And bearing in mind as well, Wraith have shipped two goals at home to Morton and they also lost two goals at home to Queen's Park. So they are conceding goals at home, Wraith, and yeah. United can exploit that. Yeah, and I just uh, obviously a chance for Wraith here to kind of make a statement, but I think it's a real chance for Dundee United to make a statement and you know show that they and they should be miles ahead of the other teams in this championship. We have seen teams struggle in the championship in the last couple of seasons. Kilmarnock uh, squeaked through, and who who's the Dundee. season before that? Dundee, I sorry, Dundee last season as well. So. These are the kind of games that the United really need to be and want to be winning. Yeah, after, absolutely. If they're going to go on and you know win this league comfortably. And the bookies are given respect to Wraith for us to be getting eleven to eight on United to win this match. Um, that might have been a little bit shorter, but I think I think it's a good price. And yeah. Again, it's one of those ones. I don't want to be sat here at quarter to five on Saturday and it's two 0 United and you're going to wiven up at that eleven to eight. Uh, they've been clipped in a wee bit to five to four, but still, still a fairly uh, attractive price. Um, we need to speak about Duncan Ferguson, Greg. A brilliant debut win for him last weekend, going to a broth, winning three two. They were three 0 up, go back to three two, and I thought, oh no, don't throw it away. Um, but by all accounts, I think Big Dunk said that they they should probably have scored more when they break. Yeah, well, I think this is our fifth season, Paul, doing the podcast, so we're now into year five, and. I'll always repeat myself when it comes down to you don't back against a side who disappointed a new manager. Indeed. And I think you ignored my advice and I still back to Arbroath. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping that they would come back and get the result. But hey, I'm just as just as happy to see Duncan Ferguson get off. Great yeah, scenes though, wasn't it? Great scenes at full yeah. time. It's yeah. not scenes you often see in Scottish football. Or in, maybe not any football, but in Scottish football, for him to come right up to the Inverness fans and give it big licks. Yeah. Uh, it was great to see. I think it's going to be really fascinating to watch how the story unfolds because when things are going well, it'll be great. But how is he going to react to when things aren't going well? But what a start though. What a start. Three points and a much needed three points for Inverness last week. What a start. And what a platform to build on into this weekend against Patrick Thistle, who, you know, it's obviously going to be a, a tough challenge, but if he can get a win here, momentum's going to really start moving with Big Dunk, isn't it? It really is. Thistle got a great result last week. Really, really comprehensive 3-0 win last weekend for, for Thistle. A 65 for the wee win? Mm. I don't think so. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think so. Not for me. I, I don't think I'd back in Vanessa in 95, to be fair, but I do think we'll see goals. Yeah. Plenty of goals in Patrick Thistle and Vaness. Not a shy of a goal in the Ben Duncan's there. But short though, it wasn't a great price. It was three to four. So it's probably one of those lines to probably put into a double or a treble over 2.5 goals line as opposed to a single. But I, I do think we'll see goals in this game and I do think we'll see both sides um, hit the back of the net. Yeah, it won't be dull, will it? Um, Airdrie last week, they get their first away win of the season, but we've highlighted uh, previously how they were kind of a bit check on how they were excellent at home. They'd won three out of three at home. They'd lost three out of three away. This weekend, they're at home to Air United in 21-20. It doesn't look a bad price on Airdrie, I don't think. No, it doesn't. Air just can't seem to get going, do they, can they? They mm. had a good result against Queen's Park and... Everyone was buzzing. 
everyone was fit almost, and they've gone and lost two one at home to Wraith. I know Wraith are having a good season, but that was a disappointing result for them last weekend, and they they face another really tough test this weekend at an airdrie side, as you say, fantastic at home, grabbed an away win last week, and really are enjoying life in the championship, Airdrie. They really are. I must admit, they're doing a lot better than I thought they would. I knew they'd come up here and compete, but they're sitting in 12 points. They're only four points off second. That just shows how good the season they've had so far. Yeah, yeah. But such a competitive league, this one, um, the championship. So, yeah, I I can get why... Airdrie will have their backers this week. This will this is going to tell us more about Air, I think, hmm. where they're going to end up this season because they're only in six points after seven matches. They'll need to start getting points on the board, and I don't think fans will accept another defeat this weekend. Yeah, and I thought they might have been bigger. Air United are only two to one, which kind of conversely makes me think that the twenty-one to twenty on Airdrie isn't a bad price. No, it's not. And we'll, we'll get Stuart back in the podcast um, in the next couple of weeks and he can give us a lowdown of what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes in a season, games are thrown up where it looks as like if both teams are going to get beat in the game. Um, <laughs> Morton. Like, yeah, Queen's Park v Morton. Uh, Queen's Park, five defeats in a row. Morton haven't won since the opening day of the season. Queen's Park, as you mentioned, they're shipping goals for fun. I think it's 19 they've conceded. Now, uh, they've lost nine in the last two. They've only kept one clean sheet. Uh, I have absolutely no idea how this one's going to go. Well, it's quite simple. You don't have to worry about it. Just leave it alone. alone. I do think there could be goals, though. I think when you look at Queen's Park's games, it's ridiculous how many goals they're conceding. They can't keep shipping three, four, five goals a game. It's going to have to stop at some point. And for them, I think they're quite lucky. They're home to Morton. Had they been... play against Wraith or Airdrie or Dunfermline, it might be a different story, but not a match to be getting involved in on the window win markets, but there's a case for goals, I would say, purely on the fact that Queen's Park can't defend and could yeah. quite easily ship three goals on Saturday. Yeah. Um, the last game is Dunfermline against their both. Their both obviously beaten last week um, by Inverness, having been on a decent run of form themselves. Dunfermline well beaten at Partick Thistle. Uh, I guess just a case of who's going to pick themselves up after last week's results. Yeah, it's probably. I think our both ran into Inverness at the wrong time. Yeah. As in new manager. It's worked out well for Inverness. But prior to that, though, we were singing at Arbo's praises. And mm-hmm. maybe so. They've been absolutely sensational over the, over the last four or five weeks. The Fairman at home, though, have been pretty solid. I think they've got a good record in this fixture as well. Dunfermline, a little bit short for me, I think, 17 to 20, just given how well Arbo have done in recent weeks. But if I was to pick a winner in this match, it would definitely be the, the home win. Okay, um, I thought you were going to say the away win there. I just thought the away win at thirteen to five. I don't think there's much between these teams. No, I don't think there is. I think home advantage kind of pays for me here. Just wins it. Yeah, just wins it. Um, not that this affects anything whatsoever, but I was kind of taken by the lack of draws in the championship so far. We spoke last season about how competitive the league was and how we expected games to be particularly tight. Um, just I think it's just four draws that's been in the championship yeah, so Div, far. Since, just... since they've mentioned draws in the podcast <laughs> last year, there's been no draws in the championship since then. Just just 11% of the games have been draws, if you compare that to the Premiership, where there's 31% yes. of games have been a draw. Shout, 
League two, 37.5% drawn in League one, 20%. It just feels particularly low. I'm, I'm not sure if, I don't think there's a betting angle there at all, but it was just, just something that caught my eye. Um, okay, let's have a look at League one. Um, what have we got in here? I know you wanted to speak about Queen of the South, so I'll just let you rant there at home to Stirling Albion this weekend, but it's four defeats in a row now for yes, Queen of the South. Really disappointing. And I'm not, this is from a football perspective, not the fact Queen of the South cost us last week. But it's four defeats in the spin f- for Queen of the South now. They are miles behind the top two. Which might be a bit unfair because Falkirk and Hamilton have had exceptional starts to the season. Yeah. I can't remember. Two sides playing eight games. Is it eight games? Seven yeah, games? Yeah. No, eight eight games. Seven wins each and a draw. Seven wins each and a draw. Unheard of in this league such a competitive league, League One, and yeah. two sides to do that. So I feel a bit unfair by saying they're miles behind, but, but they really are. And you'd be expecting Queen of the South to be challenging for promotion. Thankfully for them, the rest of the league's in the same situation. There's nobody, but the, the exception of Montrose, they're not that far off the, the running Queen of the South in terms of catching up with Montrose, who are yeah. sitting third. I think there's only four or five points between them, but Bitterly disappointing, lost a lot of home games, shipping a lot of goals. Last week, they were 1-0 up. I'm thinking, fantastic, they're going to win this match and they might grab a second or third goal. They then lose a penalty right in half-time. Horrible, horrible, horrible thing is losing a goal right in half-time. I hate it. It completely changes the half-time team talk. It completely changes the whole swing of the match. And Kelty Hearts ended up winning 3-1. That does not happen if Queen of the South get to half-time. 1-0 1-0 up. They don't lose that game 3-1. Mm. So I'm not saying that Marvin Bartley's under any pressure, but they need to start winning some games. And they're at home to Sterling Albion on Saturday. Now, had Coon in the South been in better form, I'd have been all over this match on Saturday. It's 70-20. I think it's a little bit... Sh- I don't think it's probably the wrong price, but it's maybe a little bit short. Sterling Albion, as we know, have been very good at home, but very poor on the road. But I think I'm still in the huff <laughs> with Queen of South after last week. Well, I'm still in a, the huff. I've, I've not backed <laughs> <laughs> So I've not backed them yet. I don't think I will. But on a pure footballing note, I, I do think they'll win this match. Yeah, I mean, as much as I've championed still in Albion, uh, I think most of their, their points will be picked up at home. And I would fully expect Queen of South to to pull out a result at some point. Sometimes you've got to put emotions to the side. And really, I probably should be back in Queen of the South on Saturday because I think they'll win. I think they've still got a decent team and they're at home and they're up against the Sterling Albion team who don't win that often. And I'm no different from anyone else. We'll all have pettiness when it comes to betting and teams that have done us in the past. I'm not backing them again. But I think sometimes you need to be the bigger man. So maybe I'll be the bigger man that said, the next podcast that we do, if I do back to the South and they lose, oh my goodness. I'll get the bleeper out, shall I? <laughs> uh, yeah, just on the price, they're actually now five to six, so there's been a wee bit of a drift uh, for Queen of South and a wee bit of money for Sterling Albion, who were three to one earlier. So, yeah, maybe time to get on Queen of South at, at that price, Greg. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll get to a big one shortly. Um, what else we've got? Edinburgh against Kelty. Edinburgh picked up two draws in the last two games. They've actually led in both games, but you wouldn't be backing them either to win at home against Kelty, would you? 
No, so Al Mabry, I think, was the fifth manager to lose a job in Scotland this season. I'm not sure who that looks against other seasons in terms of the average by this time of the season, but yeah, five seems quite a lot, given we're only into the start of October. Mm. So again, that would be put me off back in Kelty, but Kelty did have a great result last weekend at home to Queen of the South, so yeah, it's best left alone this one. I, I don't think, I think there's other games to be backing in this league. Yep, uh, did Montrose did you fancy them at all? They get a good account of themselves at Falkirk. have been excellent, and we said yeah. last week they will go to Falkirk and give a really good account of themselves, and they did do that. Yeah, pegged back, they, they pegged Falkirk back twice, uh, only to lose to a, a last minute goal to lose 3 2. But other than that, Montrose have been in excellent form. I think they won their previous four matches before that. Aloha. Very hit and miss this season. They've had a pretty disappointing season so far. I, I think the Montrose win at 10 to 11 looks very fair here. Yeah, very I think fair. so too. Um, we've got a bet in Cove Rangers v Anne and Greg. Uh, it's ninth v eighth, but you're, I just thought Cove are quite a short price here. Um, they've drawn the last three, they've uh, scored late goals in the, the last two. Um, Mitch Meganson was sent off last week, so he misses this week, I think, um, at home to Anna. Yeah, it's one of these games I've looked at it, and this is more to do with Annan than Cove. Yeah, yeah. I think when you dig a bit deeper, Cove have had a disastrous season so far. I don't really understand why Paul Hartley's still in a job, to be honest with you. To be sitting second bottom of League One, having been relegated from the Championship last season, they, like Queen of the South, should be up there challenging for promotion. But they're not that far behind, in all fairness, because the other eight teams in this league haven't performed so far. Yeah, a win, a win could take them up to sixth. Yeah, it could, and that's probably why he's still there. And that's probably why Marvin Bartley isn't under any pressure either. And when you look at, at this match, last week they were 1-0 up against... No, they do 2 all. They've, they've drawn 2 all in the last three matches. Yeah, yeah. So scoring goals isn't a problem, but as you say, with Mitch Mengerson out, that is a bit of a concern. However, Annan have shipped three or more goals in five of their six away games this season. This this is must win for Paul Hartley. It's if you were to give them a game at home, they must win. Then at home to newly promoted Annan is the perfect match. There can't be any excuses at all for Cove this weekend. They are a little bit short, but we managed to get Cove to win. And two match goals at even money. And yeah. I think if Cove do score two or three, every chance to win this one. But I, yeah. I think they'll I think they'll need to score two goals to win this game because defensively they've been really poor. And that's something that Paul Hartley's been kind of hammering home about. They need to stop conceding so many poor goals. And when you t- to take that into fact as well, Annan don't travel well and have been hemorrhaging goals on the roads. I think a bit like Queen of the South, to be fair. It's one of those ones where happy to give Cove another chance here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very big okay. <laughs> um, so what are the bets on this one then for you? Just give me that again. So it's Cove to win and two match goals mm-hmm. at even money. And I think yeah. that's a nice little bet builder at evens. It's probably yeah. a little bit shorter now. Yeah. I was the channel I think, yesterday. 
Okay, um, the big game in League One is the battle between the top two there. As you say, both teams tied, uh, having won seven and drawn one. They're both levelling points. Falkirk went to the game, three goals better off than Hamilton Aggies. Falkirk at 17-20, Hamilton at 11-4. The game's live on BBC iPlayer. Uh, is that the right price, Greg? Falkirk's no, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think Falkirk are, are too short. Mm. I, I think the, the pricing for this game... I would probably have Falkirk favourites because they're at home, but only slight favourites. I, I think Falkirk shouldn't be anything lower than evens for this game, uh, maybe even five to four. So th- that seventeen to twenty for me is pretty dis- disappointing, especially when you factor in Hamilton have had just a good season as Falkirk yeah. have. Yeah. So, and there's been so many false dawns for Falkirk fans in the last four or five seasons, haven't there? At this. You know, in this League One that just failed to get out, and yeah, oh, I tell you what, though, last weekend when they won 3 2 at home to Montrose, that's the sort of game they wouldn't have won, yeah, last yeah. season, yeah. the season before, the season before. So, they showed a bit of character to come back and win that, having lost the lead twice against Montrose. Yeah. But I'm just not having the 17 to 20. I'm not saying that the Fogger won't win this match, but 17 to 20, I think, is a bit skinny for me. Yeah, I was going to say something's got to give, but um, you know we wouldn't be surprised if the draw landed at five to two, and you know, arguably both teams wouldn't be too disappointed with that at this stage of the season. No, not at all. I think we'd both be happy with the draw in this match. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we need to look at League Two? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a tough league, isn't it? Really yeah. tough. Oh, and seeing that, very pleased that we beat Peter Head last week. They were a standout. Um, yeah. At home to Elgin, I think they won that match 5-0 and we had a little chat around Clyde we st- there was three favourites last weekend wasn't there Peterhead Stenhouse Muir and I think was it Dumbarton um, may well have been, may well have been. Clyde were at Stenhouse Muir 2-0 down Stenhouse Muir on Easy Street then Clyde fought back really well to, to draw 2-0 and down probably quite a lot of coupons and they're at home to Dumbarton this week, Clyde. When you look at Dumbarton's form, it's not the greatest. And there's definitely been improvement from, from Clyde in the last couple of weeks. They beat Elgin 2-1. And as I said last weekend, to go to Stenny and come back from 2-0 down to get a draw was a great result. Dumbarton are breaking the rules here in terms of rules of top div as well. We don't back sides in this league away from home at odds. Hmm. And Dumbarton are in that category yeah. 19 to 20 I think they were 10 to 11 earlier today actually Clyde were 10 to 3 they're now 3 to 1 Clyde yeah. I think it might be a bit of value in the double chance at 5 to 6 for Clyde in this match I'm not going to back it I just don't think Dumbarton are in any great shape they won last week but they've only won 1 in 4 and Clyde are showing signs of improvement so it'll be interesting to see how this game pans out but I don't think I'll be backing Dumbarton here at 90 to 20. Hopefully this puts people off that back in the barton of anything. Yeah, yeah. And by contrast to League One, where there's 20 points <laughs> separating uh, top to bottom, in League One there's only 11 points separating top to bottom. So that tells its own story about how competitive this league is. And I think you're absolutely spot on. Any any teams that are the wrong side of evens, uh, certainly away from home, just can't be touching them in this league. I think there's just there's just not enough between the teams to, no. to get involved. You know, with the games places. in this league this weekend, Bonnie Rig Rosebees five. Don't know. 
one thing, Stenia with the Elgin is going to be very popular. Yeah. The Stenia five to six. Yeah. So that rules them out. Fourth <laughs> would be Peterhead. Peterhead have been in terrific form. There's fifteen to eight Peterhead at Forfer, which is interesting. Forfer only one, only one once this season. Five yeah. draws Forfer. For Peterhead side who blew away Elgin last weekend, mm-hmm. and I've got Rory McAllister back scoring goals as well for them. Who we mentioned last week, he did score last week. Only one though. Only one goal, thinking that 5 0 win. Mm-hmm. Disappointing. <laughs> and finally, Stranraer, who we do like at home, but they're 75 with Spartans. Spartans have had a decent enough season so far. So, again, not much jumping out from me to hopefully yeah. just avoid um, being sucked into that Dumbarton 19 20. Yeah. Okay, we've got enough elsewhere to get involved with this weekend. So, can you just give us a recap of your bets? Yeah, so I, I do like the look of your Celtic to get four first half corners at twenty to twenty one, and that's something I think I will share on on the channel straight after this podcast. I'm backing Aberdeen on Sunday, Aberdeen to win the match, and over one point five match goals at ten to eleven. Into the championship match of the day at Starts Park, Dundee United to beat Wraith Rovers at eleven to eight. I think that's now five to four. And also backing Dundee United to score two or more goals at 13 to 10. And finally, in League One, Cove to beat Annan and over 1.5 match goals at evens. And again, I think that's just been uh, backed in a little bit since I shared that on the channel yesterday. Yeah, okay. Good stuff. Um, I'm sure you'll have probably more bets on the channel before then. We've talked about that Ibs Hearts game. And if you're not already a member of Greg's private Telegram channel, then you can find all the details on Twitter where you can follow him at Browning84Greg. And that's us for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next weekend. In the meantime, best of luck with your bets this weekend. Cheers, guys. Good luck. <laughs>